Hello and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence, Holy Family, and St. Joseph in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Daniel Rhoda, and with me I have Father Eli Gieske. How are you doing today, Father? Good, good. Good to be with you. And yeah, uh, yeah happy Ascension Week. We we had Ascension on Sunday, and we're on our way towards Pentecost. Yeah, so yeah, it's a it's a b- big week. Big week. Yeah, there's um for our diocese. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the installation of Bishop Daniel Felton yeah. will happen on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. The ordination mass will be at eleven at the cathedral, and hopefully he'll be sitting on that uh, cathedra, which is the chair, the bishop's chair, sometime shortly after eleven. So. I don't know. If, I forget how long it takes, but it's probably a couple hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of surprised, but I didn't get an invite. You didn't get an invite. Yeah. Yeah. It's been kind of a, a thing. I think people have been like, "Who does the diocese really like?" Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very limited seating, I think, and I think half of them are probably going to be Green Bay people or his family or. Which is fair. Yeah, yeah. Which is fair. I, I forget what the number w- was, but I want to say be somewhere in the neighborhood of two to 400 people are with the COVID stuff. I mean, even though it's all going to go away, I think, I don't really know, but I'm assuming that they're kind of like, we've got this plan. We can't just upend the plan yeah. at this point. But Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just, it's probably easier just to like stick to <laughs> what they had. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but uh, that should be really, really cool. Uh they are going to live stream the mass. Yes. Uh, so that's uh, that's how I'm going to participate. You can participate that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. And and uh, yeah, I'm I'm we'll, I'll probably just post it onto our Facebook page to just share share the link so that people, if they want to watch it, um, are welcome to. Sure. So sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's great. I I think I hope I hope people can watch it if they if they want to, and um, you know. In some ways, it's it might seem like a off, far off, distant thing happening. Oh, the the bishop is getting ordained. Whatever, whatever. We never, we'll never see the bishop, or we'll see him once or twice a year, or whatever. But um, this man has a big uh, role in our diocese. You know, deciding things and and giving direction, and so yeah, it's a, it's definitely a big step for us as a, as a diocese. So yeah, yeah, it should, uh, and I mean, hopefully. We won't have to watch another one or yeah. go to another yeah. <laughs> installation for, mass for, for a while. So for a long, good long while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 exciting, exciting for the diocese. Uh, kind of starts a new a new new era mm-hmm. in the diocese. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's you know that's one of the big things going on this week. Uh, the, the other the other thing is uh, confirmation is happening. Uh, yeah, and it is. At St. Lawrence or Holy Family? It's at Holy Family, 3 okay. o'clock on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah, that should be an exciting time for uh, for that group yeah. of, uh, of mm. young adults. Yeah. my I get to do the confirmation again, so the bishop is not able to do all the confirmations this spring. But um, so it's a privilege for me to be able to do that. And uh, I was able to do it this, was it this fall we did it yeah. for yeah. last year's group? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's... it's uh, an unusual experience that uh, to have the opportunity to confirm so many people in a year as a priest, but this year have that opportunity. So yeah, it's like one of those things that is cool and maybe fun to do, but at the same time, you hope you don't have to do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It'd be nice to have the bishop to, to do it and be able to connect with the kids. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Karen has promised me to get the letters from all the kids. So I'll be reading those hopefully this week sometime. So, yeah, good, good. Great. Well, yeah, today we're going to be talking about uh, Pentecost and uh, the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and in the church. Uh, but before we do that, would you open us in a prayer? Sure. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we, we do ask your presence in our parishes, in our diocese. And we ask you to be with us in this time of the podcast right now. Um, we ask for the, the grace of the Holy Spirit to guide us in the work that we do and the, the relationships we have and the call that we have as, as followers, as disciples of Christ, that we would be strengthened and, and guided to, to carry out the work of Christ in the world. And we ask all these things uh, through Christ, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Father. Mm-hmm. So, this upcoming Sunday, Pentecost, Yeah. Uh, which I kept on... Um, like spelling it with an A. Uh, penta. Penta cost. Yes. Which it's not. It's with two E's. So it's Penta cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, if I don't know if I was a wordsmith, then maybe I would understand the reason why that yeah. it's called that. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think it means five. I think it means <laughs> something else. But yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, it's a, a pretty big celebration in the church's history mm-hmm. you know it's i don't think it's as kind of important for our like church today I don't, I, we don't i guess treat it that way yeah yeah it's it's, it's this, uh i've mentioned this in other contexts but there used to be a octave of pentecost right so 50 days after easter we have this special day when the holy spirit comes upon the church and it's a big it's a big moment in the church so we have a octave at the nativity of Christ, we have an octave at the resurrection of Christ, and they used to have an octave for the Pentecost that was changed after Vatican II. There's been some who've said, we should bring it back, because the Holy Spirit is important too, and I'd be all for that, but yeah, the church has done different things over the centuries, so it's not Mm -hmm. by any means, Um, but it is definitely a day to celebrate and to recognize the third person of the Holy Trinity, um, Sometimes it seems nebulous or whatever, but it's like the Holy Spirit, that's what we have right now. I mean, we have Jesus in the Eucharist. We have God the Father up in heaven. We have Jesus the Son at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And then here on earth, we have the Holy Spirit. So kind of important. So, yeah. Yeah, and I I feel like the Holy Spirit is either like overlooked a lot mm-hmm. in today's church and may I, I don't know if you say underrated, but yeah, but yeah. yeah, like just I feel like we don't maybe reach out or have the same connection to the Holy Spirit. I don't, in my own life, I definitely don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably true. I think people find it hard to. We that's part of the whole thing of Catholicism. We we like to make things tangible, like touchable. Like that's why we have all the sacramentals. We have the crucifix. We have statues. We have incense. We have all these things to help us see the faith pneumatology the study of the holy spirit is sometimes hard like what do we what do we mean who who is the holy spirit how do we connect with the holy spirit you know it's not just a feeling right but 
sometimes there's a feeling when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives or in our hearts and calling us. We we can feel something, but um, it's a real thing. It's a person, um, third person of the Holy Trinity. And so um, trusting that realness of the Holy Spirit can be hard sometimes in a world that doesn't really acknowledge the spiritual realm. So, Yeah, how would you describe, like, the Holy Spirit? What, 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 what do you say was the, the study of? Pneumatology. Pneumatology. Pneumatology, yeah. the yeah. study of the Holy Spirit, yeah. yeah. New, uh, Never heard that word before, but oh, that's cool. Okay, well, there we go. That's your vocab word for the day, or one <laughs> of them. So, yeah, I mean, um, when we talk about the persons of the Blessed Trinity, the Holy Trinity, we talk about the um, uh, the processions. So Jesus proceeded from the Father. Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. We say that in the Creed. So there's there's uh, these relations, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because God is God, it's hard for us to really talk about him in a way that makes sense. So we, we use human language to try to talk about something that's beyond our human language. But so when we, we talk about what is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Um, we talk about the Holy Spirit is the love between the Father and the Son. Um, we talk about the Holy Spirit is um, is the life of the church right now. It's, it's kind of like the the thing that guides the church here on earth right now. Jesus said, I will be with you always. How does he do that? Through the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is present through uh, the third person of the Holy, Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit guides the church. We believe that. We we basically put our trust in that. You know, that it's not just a bunch of guys, priests and bishops and the Pope who are just saying, well, you know, let's try this or let's do this. I mean, there's some of that, right? But it's guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, the church is present in the world by the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no sacraments. Right? We can do all the, say all the words, do all the things, but if there's no Holy Spirit, nothing happens. So, it's um, dependent upon the Holy Spirit that the church exists. And sometimes people don't really talk about the Holy Spirit that much. Like you, you hear a lot about Jesus, maybe, in Christian world. but And some people, maybe you've heard of the Pentecostal movement or the Pentecostals. That's a Holy Spirit kind of church more. They talk about the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They might pray in tongues and these kinds of things. These are all things that Catholics believe too, to some degree, but maybe in a different way. But um, we are also a church of the Holy Spirit. We just don't use that word for the Catholic Church. Yeah, and maybe in the same vein as that, like I know the word charismatic mm-hmm. is uh, connected. Is is, is kind of connected to that, mm-hmm. and I think that word is like scary for a lot of Catholics. Yes, very scary. Ah, charismatics—they're hiding. They are coming out to show us things that we do not want to see. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, there's the seven gifts um, we get when we're confirmed, when we're baptized, and um, we get we get uh, the charisms, so different charisms in the church to do different works of the church. And so the Holy Spirit raises up and works through particular people or movements, um, individuals and groups to bring about the work of God, right, in the world. So um, charisms and what's the other word we're talking about? You just said another word. Uh, so with a C. 
Like the charismatic? A charismatic. Yeah. Charismatic things, um, these are not bad things. They're like part of what we have as Catholics in the in the Catholic Church. But I think sometimes these terms have been kind of taken over by either um, other churches or there can be like, oh, I don't want to be associated with that because my experience of charismatic is weird stuff. Like mm-hmm. people, you know, shouting out and raising their hands in the air and all these things and like, I don't want to be associated with that. And it's like, well, if it's genuine, then those things aren't necessarily bad, right? Yeah. There's, there's a place in a proper place, just like we wouldn't, typically at a Catholic mass, we wouldn't um, say certain things or do certain things. Like we wouldn't just get up and start dancing in the aisles or something like that. Like some people think that'd be great if that happened, but really that's not the proper place, right? So there are things that we do as Catholics that uh, are kind of more structured, but there's nothing wrong with the charismatic sort of idea of like, I am connected to the Holy Spirit. And some of the most charismatic people are actually very calm, normal uh, human beings. They're not, they're not the sort of uh, stereotypical, like those people are crazy. They're, they're all about doing weird stuff. And that's sometimes when you hear charismatic, what you think of. Yeah. And, and uh, I think like I can understand that thought process and how people like end up there because especially in maybe the church for the last 40, 50 years that hasn't done a whole lot in that space. Mm-hmm. Um, the people haven't experienced much with the Holy spirit and charismatic, whether it's charismatic prayer or mm-hmm. like, like a kind of praise and worship night or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't think I really understood really it at all, at all until I went to like a retreat in college right. and then somebody next to me is like praying in tongues mm-hmm. and you know and so they're saying words and they're praying out loud but it's in a different language right. which is kind of I don't know like the first time I heard it, I was just like what, what's this person doing yeah, like well, this well, is well. like this is weird yeah. because it, I mean it is it's not normal yeah. for yeah it's us. not a normal experience. And yeah. So uh, and so it, it can be, uh, and then off-putting. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there's there's plenty of other things that can happen too. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you get you know slain in the slain spirit. In the spirit yeah. is is something too that again can be kind of freaky, especially if you don't know what's going on, and then all of yeah. a sudden somebody just drops. Yeah. Uh, Did they faint? No, they were slain in the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just kind of a random story, but this last um, February when I went to the uh, the focus conference. Hmm. Um, with the UMD kids. Sorry, the seat conference. Yeah, yeah. There was um, a couple people that was I was kind of near, uh, who got slain in the spirit, and uh, we had a group of people there who were doing like the production for it. And this one guy, you know, he probably had never. I don't. I, I guess I don't know if he was Christian or anything, but probably had zero experience with any any of it. And um, he just, you know, there's this this girl just falls to the ground, and nobody did anything <laughs> and like like a couple of people just went up to like you know check and see if she was okay a yeah. lot of stuff yeah. um and the guy's just kind of like looking around and looking at people and be like is somebody, is somebody gonna, gonna do something is somebody gonna do something <laughs> uh it's yeah. so it's just um yeah, yeah it's it's, it's kind of like when you're detached and see it happen in a far as kind of humorous but mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah yeah and i think like I, I grew up 
with some of that growing up, so it wasn't strange that strange to me because I kind of grew up with it. But um, then you also encounter sometimes people who like want to be charismatic, but they aren't in a way. It's like they just like the they like the energy of charismatic prayer or whatever. They like the, the kind of the emotional high that they get or whatever. And so sometimes. I don't want to call them fakers, but there's kind of people who look for the more the experience mm-hmm. of whatever that is, charismatic something, but it's not really rooted, rooted in a an experience of the Holy Spirit. So um, I think that's where sometimes people have a bad taste in their mouth, like, oh, I don't want to deal with those people because they make it into a show or a production or whatever. And not that at all, but it can become that if if people are misunderstanding or maybe kind of wanting to produce something you know it's kind of it's like yeah you could fake that stuff if you wanted to you know but you know it'd be weird to go start praying in tongues and just be faking it somewhere and be like yeah this is great like nobody knows that i'm faking it because they can't understand what i'm saying you know yeah but you know so i think sometimes people get put off by that stuff because they don't understand they've never encountered the genuineness of it um or or they are encountering a genuine sort of experience with the Holy Spirit and they don't know like is this even Catholic? Is this like can <laughs> yeah. can we do this? Like so yeah. It is interesting. There's a there's a huge range and you know, Saint Paul talks about this in some of his letters and um it was a different way of praying than the, the Jews prayed, so you know, it was probably like for them too, it was probably like I mean some some of them were Gentiles so they never experienced the Jewish prayer anyway and others of them were coming from a Jewish background, and they're probably like, well, this is different. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, it is interesting how the there's sort of like this balance between being a church of the Holy Spirit, being open to the gifts, being open to the charisms and the charismatic side of things, and then staying within like the structure of the church and the organization of the church. Because there's been lots of times where spirit-filled people have basically wrecked parts of the church they've they've said we're we're connected to the holy spirit we don't have to listen to anybody else the holy spirit is our guide and they kind of satan can use that sometimes to get into the church and infiltrate and kind of lead people like my parents when they first got married we're going to a church uh a catholic church in uh well i won't name the town but because it's the only catholic church i think but anyway they they went there for a while and then there was a big group of people doing the charismatic stuff and it was good but then one of the leaders of that group basically went off and started his own church because he was he wasn't obedient to the pastor and the parish leadership and he wanted to do stuff and they said no and so he just started his own church and so there can be that experience of i'm connected to the holy spirit god is telling me things you all are ignorant and so i mean when it gets to that point we're kind of off the reservation, as it were. We're not under the guidance. That's why it's always important to have spiritual authority uh, over the spiritual gifts and so forth. Um, some some priests aren't super into charismatic stuff. That's okay, but you still need to be obedient and um, under their authority, the, the whether it's your priest or your bishop or whoever. So um, that can be a little tricky because otherwise things can get a little tangled up or off off the beaten track as it were so yeah and i think uh kind of going back to the last couple weeks when we've been talking about acts of the apostles and uh when 
the apostles, you know, came together to discuss things. Yeah. Uh, and that in Jerusalem there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that kind of, I think that's a great example of that mm-hmm. because right, you know, this, this weekend when we we're going to be celebrating Pentecost, there was a huge, you know, boom in the numbers of mm-hmm. the church, mm-hmm. the, the, the early church. Yeah. And, and then, you know, all the kind of challenges that come with that is, you know, figuring out like, Oh, what are we going to do? With all these people, or how are we yeah. going to take care of them, and yeah. like all this stuff, it grew and too too quick in a sense for the, like they didn't have a way to say, oh, how do we how do we take care of everybody, yeah, and keep everybody together, yeah, and so kind of that mixture of letting the spirit work, but then also uh, trying to just kind of manage it and give it structure, mm-hmm. uh, channel it, yeah. So, not that we channel the Holy Spirit, the ch- Holy Spirit channels us, but to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide the church and the leadership in the church to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Um, it is, it's always a balance. It's always a ongoing experience of that because it's not something we're in charge of. It's like, what is God trying to do? What is the Holy Spirit trying to do? We need to be open to that, but also avoid abuses that would uh, destroy the church or divide the church, etc. So, yeah. Um, so kind of kind of going into like what exactly does the Holy Spirit I guess do and what it did during Pentecost um and you know we're trying, we're talking about confirmation we're having confirmation on Pentecost mm-hmm. and it seems like there's quite a big like connection between the two yeah mm-hmm. sorry just yawned. um <laughs> <laughs> is this is this boring you <laughs> no no not at all it's it's fascinating um the so if we go back to a lot of times there's the comparison between the Tower of Babel and Genesis and Pentecost. So the Tower of Babel, you know the story. People got together. They were going to build a tower to the sky. They were basically trying to like make themselves great. And, and then God basically took their unity of language and brought confusion. Like Basically, they couldn't understand each other. All of a sudden, they couldn't, couldn't understand each other. And so the, kind of the whole project kind of collapsed. Pentecost is this like union in the sense that the Holy Spirit comes upon the apostles and the disciples and they go out and speak and everybody, I mean, that's kind of the, one of the funnest parts about that. Actually, apostles reasons, all the funny names where people are from, Phrygia and uh, Pamphylia and da, 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 da. All these people from different places in the world were in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost, which was a Jewish feast. Um, but now it became a Christian feast. Um, they were there from different places, so they would have spoken different languages. They probably all spoke, um, you know, Aramaic or something or Greek or something they could speak together. But now they were hearing these people speak in their native tongues, and they were like, "What? This is strange. Are you hearing what I'm hearing? You're, you're an Elamite. I'm a, whatever from somewhere. I'm from Rome." So they were hearing the the Holy Spirit was basically speaking to all these people through these um, apostles and disciples in a way that they could hear it. So the, the Holy Spirit was interpreting for them the language, the message of the gospel. And so um, this great moment of God bringing unity where there had been division. So often you'll see that sort of um, the two things will be compared, the Pentecost to Babel, the Tower of Babel, because you know the Holy Spirit is the uniter. It's the one who brings us uh, together, and when we're in touch with the Holy Spirit and guided by the Holy Spirit, it's kind of like being 
plugged in, in a sense. If you have your little whatever it is, your computer, your light bulb, your lamp plugged into the wall, you get power, right? If you just, you're not plugged in, you're like, hey, I got this lamp. It's a nice lamp, but it's not plugged in. Like, So it's like, I'm a great Catholic. I got all the doctrines. I got all the teachings. I got all the things. I've had my sacraments. But if I'm not in tune with the Holy Spirit, I can't be part of like the body in the same way, right? So um, all the street lights on the road work together to bring light to the cars as they're driving to go where they need to go. All the stoplights, they help to guide traffic and all this. They all work together. In a sense, you know, Paul uses the image of the body and, and how we all are part of the body. And So if I'm not plugged into the Holy Spirit, I'm basically off doing my own little project. And I'm, it's like, that street lamp's out in the middle of the cornfield, not doing much good out there. Like, it's not helping. Or that street lamp is over there. It's not plugged in. It looks nice, but it's not giving off any light. So we need to be working together. And we do that when we're plugged into the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is is in us and guiding us. So that's just an image that St. Paul uses a lot. And I think it's helpful for us to to understand how we are all called to be a part of the the work of the Holy Spirit, but we can't do it if we just all go our separate ways. Yeah, I I really like that kind of that image, um, and I I've heard this too, like this kind of metaphor of like um, like an iron rod, and if you just have like like if you have an iron rod and then like a fire. Like the two don't really have anything in common, mm-hmm. but like the iron rod being us and the fire being the Holy Spirit. Mm. Like if you put the iron rod in the fire, mm. like over time, the iron rod will still be a rod of mm. iron, but it will take on the properties of the fire. Right, it becomes hot and red yeah. and so mm-hmm. forth. Yeah, yeah, and um, and just just kind of using that kind of image to say like, oh, okay, yeah, like that's how, like the whole that's what the Holy Spirit can do to us. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and then in, so, in a sense, we need to keep going back to the fire to get, keep maintain that hotness or that whatever mm-hmm. that red glow. Like we'll just turn into cold metal if we don't keep going back. That's a good image too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, off the top of your head, do you know all the seven gifts seven of the gifts. Ho- gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I always use a little. Uh, what do you call it? thing to remember oh the like acronym type acronym of thing, thing. Uh, there's I, th- I think there's a more accurate it, accurate yeah. word but what, whatever the, mnemonic is that no whatever it's it's a wisdom understanding counsel knowledge fear of the lord fortitude uh piety i think yeah yeah very good i think i got like five out of seven when I yeah did it. my little thing is walk puff i don't know why that sticks in my mind but that's what i've always used so yeah, I don't use anything, so I was just trying to go go from memory. So, sure. um, um, yeah, I guess you know, we can kind of close up here. I know we're kind of short on time, so maybe, uh, what would be one thing if someone's like, "Hey, I, you know, during this next week, I really want to try to get attuned to the Holy Spirit and maybe try to do that more in my life." What's maybe a good way to? Uh, to, yeah. to try to connect more with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So if you're a baptized person, you're uh, baptized and even confirmed, you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 
they may or may not be active right now. If you're not going to church, if you're not praying, if you're not in a state of grace, um, those will be things to do to help you be charismatic in a sense, to be connected to the Holy Spirit. But then on another level, just begin asking the Holy Spirit to manifest himself to you and show you and, and guide you and help you and and not be afraid to start asking for that guidance of, of the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, maybe there's the, you know, the classic, uh, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, enkindle in the fire of your love, send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth. These kinds of prayers, they're prayers that we pray, but um, sometimes for people it's easier just to speak from their own heart or whatever, but I would encourage people to, to make those prayers, asking the Holy Spirit's guidance. Um, you know, maybe trying to read the passages that talk about the Holy Spirit. In, in John's Gospel, there's the four passages between like chapter 14 and 17 or something like that, or 18, where he talks about the coming of the Holy Spirit. Um, reading Acts of the Apostles again with the eyes of like, watching what is the Holy Spirit doing? What is the Holy Spirit's role in the early church? Um, so Jesus, when he's talking in the Gospel of John at the at the farewell discourse, he mentions the Holy Spirit and the advocate or the counselor, so the one who's, who's going to come. Um, there's other places in Scripture, even in the Old Testament, where the Spirit is referenced or sort of alluded to. Um, but in Acts of the Apostles and even in um, letters of Paul, it's very clear that the Holy Spirit is being invoked and, and active. So, um, yeah, just I, I think depending on what our relationship is with the Holy Spirit, we might be ready for different things. We might be actually ready to, Holy Spirit, I know you're there. I've been praying. I've been asking. Show me now what I'm supposed to do or how I stay connected. Um, if we're just kind of new to the scene, maybe just asking the Holy Spirit to manifest or show himself or, or guide us and help us to to go closer to the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, I would I would definitely make that connection. That's in, that's critically important for every every Christian to be connected to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, great. Thanks, Father. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you next time. Great.